Welcome to the Odds Checker Open Championship preview video and podcast. Uh, apt this time, I guess. I'm, I'm flanked by a couple of guys from, from the Republic and from Northern Ireland as we head to Royal Port Rush. On my left is Odds Checker's very own golf tips to Nile Lyons. And on my right, as ever it seems these days this year, it's, it's Dylan Byrne from the 15th Club. Um, two guys who, who know more than most with different approaches to how to back some winners at the Open Championship. And um, firstly, given, I mean, normally with the Open, we know a fair bit about the course before we get there. Um, so I'll start by asking you both if you can tell me when the last time the Open Championship was held at Royal Port Rush. 1951 is correct. I've had the fact I've got the Wikipedia page up on my screen. Hopefully <laughs> you didn't see. Yeah, the, the 1951 was the last time it was held there, the only time before this, and it was won by Max Faulkner. And Max Faulkner won £300 for winning that, that Open Championship, which I think is probably about what me and Niall will be playing for this afternoon. That gives you <laughs> an idea of the scale and the scope and how much the game has changed. So we need to talk about um, the, the course itself um, because most of us have very little um, input into it and, and Dylan you guys at the 15th club um, your role within golf is to help players to, to understand golf courses better so I'm hoping there's going to be no one better to, to fill us in about the, the, the tests and the trials that Port Rush will, will provide the players yeah I mean generally obviously we don't have any specific shot level data for Port Rush from previous events there was obviously the Irish Open there a few years back but uh, we don't have too much detailed information on that, so we're kind of going on. Um, you know, we can draw a certain amount from previous links events that you know that have been played in both in Ireland and the UK, and kind of uh, we can kind of derive some information from that to help the players prepare. So, generally, what we found on links courses is uh, the lag putts tend to be a little bit more common, and um, so it kind of ties in with bigger greens generally. Um, lag putts are much more common uh, around the green players will have less shots from the rough and the sand um, and they'll have more shots from kind of fairway and fringe um, more irons off the tee so 2.7 irons off the tee on average on links 2.1 on standard courses uh, one of the more interesting ones and it's, it's not really a surprise to anybody but uh, the penalty for missing fairway is obviously much higher on links um, into fairway bunkers so 0.73 strokes on average if you find a bunker on the fairway and links. That's what you're going to be penalised. And then on average, it's, it's normally about 0.4 um, for other courses. So don't go in there. Um, the rough, interestingly enough, uh, not much of a difference. So links is actually 0.22 if you go on the rough. And then it's 0.24 on average. Uh, and then in other lies, so presumably fescue or kind of long grass and, and links is about a stroke and a half on average if you're, if you're finding that on a links. So... Um, you know, those are the kind of key things off the off the tee. Uh, then finding the green is about three percent more common uh, on links courses, so kind of adjusted for distance and lie. Um, but then putting it inside fifteen feet is much more difficult. So players will either a need to be excellent with their approach shots, or b hold a lot of putts from outside fifteen feet. Um, yeah, that's that's the general uh, the general summary that we found for. For links courses, so slightly bigger greens, obviously higher percentage finding the green, but uh, a lower percentage inside 15 feet. So that's obviously due to kind of harder ground. You know, it's tougher to control it. Uh, it's not quite the the dartboard that it might be in some other events. I mean, just just to give the, the listeners and viewers some context, we are recording this uh, the Tuesday, the week before the Open Championship. So in our world, we've just seen John Rahm set fire to La Hinch on a Sunday, um, and we've just seen uh, Matthew Wolf win winning uh, his his 
Dave, well, his, his maiden PGA Tour victory after his, on his fourth event. So um, before the, the what's going to be taking place in Scotland this weekend, so we haven't got that kind of insight. But, Noel, does that tally with your approach here in that because we haven't seen much pro golf there, I mean, we have an idea about the course, but are you looking at a general length form? I mean, this time last year um, we spoke and you told us, you told the listeners that it was going to be Francesco Molinari or Zander Shoffley to win the, the Open Championship at Carnoustie, and that went quite well. So... I'm waiting with bated breath to hear what you're going to say here. Well, we're going for four years in a row now, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. we're stancing in space as well. So, yeah, hopefully I've got a handle on this link stuff, and uh, this year will be the fourth winner on the trot. But, yeah, as Dylan says, like you just look to Lynx, Lynx Golf, and it's almost the same throughout all the courses on the road. Uh, you mentioned bunkers there. Obviously, you say it costs, what, half a shot, something like that. yeah. Uh, Interestingly, Portos has the least amount of bunkers on the open road. It only has 64, so uh, that might not be the biggest problem this week. I think uh, you're going to find a reasonable enough test off the tee. It's par 71 around. It's been lengthened a couple of hundred yards from when it was in the Irish Open. Two new holes added as well, 7th and 8th. But I think there's going to be a reason. par 71 is 77,300, reasonable enough test, I think, lengthwise. And even though you, you, you get a fair amount of run, run on the ball, and you know we've had reasonable weather in Northern Ireland for the last number of months, but just recently, there in the last week or two, there's been a lot of rain, and I've heard there's a lot of rain up in Port Rush today as well. So uh, it's, it's difficult to know just how tough or easy the test will be uh, in, the, in the Irish Open in 2012. I think was it 18 under Donaldson won on, yeah, and uh, it was a par 72 then, mind you. But uh, I think he kind of won it by hitting it far enough off the tee. I think he was he was he was fairly long that week, and he, his his putting that week was outstanding. I think he had something like one point four uh, putts per greens in regulation, which is really out of the ordinary and hard to predict, I suppose. But uh, yeah, as you say, we're just looking to those kind of golfers who who play links well and it's very straightforward the unknown is just obviously the course I mean it's, it's very rare now to have a course which is, is you know, we see some popping up less often than others but with Royal Port Rush the fact that it's been you know 60, 70 odd years did, how does that change your approach in the way that you're going to be tipping this year and looking for your bets uh, there's a bit more unpredictability in it obviously you know last year going to Carnoustie we've always known how tough that plays and what kind of game is really needed there. This or next week at Port Rush is just going to slate. It's just going to be a bit more difficult uh, with regards to a punting point of view, just because you know it could be a solid tee to green game that wins it, just like Carnegie did last year, or it could be you know bombers off the tee, which you know which is unlikely down the years in open events. But Port Rush. You know, I, I did I did go to all four days of the Irish Open in 2012, and one thing I did note that I thought it was quite demanding off the tee. And I think the two new holes that, that were at, have been added, the, the par 5 7th, which uh, has a massive bunker on the right-hand side of the fairway, which was the 17th, or was the famous bunker on the, set, the old 17th hole. That could be taken on by the long hitters. And, and the 8th, uh, there was a video that popped up a couple of days ago of McElroy playing the two new holes, and he drove a faraway bunker around about 300 yards on the seventh as well, left them about 90 yards in. Just thought to myself, longer hitters could have an advantage here of, you know, where in previous open venues, it's just not quite the case. Obviously, there's just a bit, 
bit of randomness in there with Portrush that nobody quite knows. But as far as I can see, I think it'll just be a bit more uh, demanding lengthwise off the tee than some other open venues. And before we talk about the players, I mean, open to either of you. I mean, you've obviously had a, a big look at the course itself, and, and now you've been there. Have you played there before? Yeah. Have you played there as well? Um, from a very kind of basic level, what kind of a challenge does... I mean, we know it's a links course, but what kind of a challenge does Portrush itself throw up, throw up at players? What, what its main... What's his main defence, I guess? I think uh, with the renovations they've done, I think they've shaved a lot of areas around the green and, and, and cut a lot of uh, turf, so there's a lot of uh, mown-off areas. And I think there's a, there's a right number of greens who have, that have slopes before them that if you don't quite get the, uh, your yardage right on the thing or you spin the ball back too much, you, you'll end up you know, 30 or 40 yards away from the pin again. So I think uh, approach play will be quite demanding. And... Uh, which in turn uh, means scrambling will be a, a key stat for the week probably those who can get those guys who can get up and down from the, from those tight legs as you say from the edges of the green mm. Do you agree yeah. yeah I think I think they have actually added a few more bunkers this year as well um, around the fairway so that'll probably be that could come into play a little bit um, I think you're right in what you're saying about the greens from what I've seen of it there seems to be quite a lot of slopes in the greens which will obviously That'll be a factor in putting, but it'll also be a factor, a pretty major factor in the approach shots in. You know, you, you're probably going to need to find the right level. Um, you know, I suppose as we see it at Augusta a little bit, where there's there's a lot of different levels on the greens, and unless you're in the right place, you're you've got no chance really. So, um, yeah, I think those two things, you know, being accurate and long off the tee, and you know, again, being pinpoint with the with the approach play is going to be key. Looking at the top of the market at the moment, we've got uh, Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy are nine to one joint favourites. Rory McIlroy was tied second last year at Carnoustie and obviously won at Royal Liverpool a few years ago. Brooks Kepka doesn't have that kind of an open record, but it's fair to say that his major record is uh, is quite handy uh, in the last couple of years or so. So, do we, do we think that those two are the rightful favourites, the rightful two at the top, and, and who would you have between them? Uh, for me. I think I'd have Rory in that category. Um, I heard, I suppose it's a rumour, I heard that he shot 61, I think, at Queenwood yesterday. Really? In that, there was like a member guest thing on. And, and apparently, from what I've heard, he hit the pin. He was 10 under going down the last, hit the pin, bounced away like 30 yards and made bogey. Don't know how true <laughs> that is, but apparently. So that's, that's amazing. That would bode well. Uh, I mean, look, he's in fantastic form this year. Um, his links record... It's it's okay. It's not you know it's, it's nothing special for him. Um, but it's you know he's in fantastic form. He's in our rankings, our performance rankings. He's the best player in the world this year, and he's also the best player in the world long term. Um, so you know there's that. But I suppose and do we assume as well that he's probably played? I mean, you, you may know better than I that he's probably played at, uh, at Port Russia a fair few times in his life. Well, he holds yeah. a course record there. Does he? He, he shot sixty one there in the, in the North of Ireland. Uh, Championship in, uh, I think he was 16, 16 at the time. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, the previous course record that was 64. He shot 61 <laughs> that day. So uh, obviously that course record is going to go this week, obviously, with the two new holes. But uh, yeah, obviously he can play phenomenal stuff around there. Uh, he hasn't been out of the top five in, in the Open in the last, uh, his last four Opens in the last five years. So it's. It is a real solid record, even though a couple of those years he hasn't really been uh, contesting the lead. Obviously, you had the, the Phil and Stenson showdown and, and, and Spieth and, and Kutcher who yeah. were clear of the field really those couple of years. But yeah, he, he's got all the credentials to, to go well and I think he's playing that well this year. That 
uh, you can't really see him out of the mix. Uh, I was discussing this with with a colleague the other day. Just you know, obviously maybe his record in the Irish Open and whether the pressure will maybe get to him at Port Rush. Obviously, this is I think winning this, winning the Open at Port Rush would be a bigger deal yeah. than than winning the Masters. To be honest. Uh, but he said that, didn't he? He said it earlier on in the year that that was his goal. That he, you know, he, he would take winning at Port Rush ahead of winning the Masters yeah. in a press conference. Well, no, obviously, he won the Irish Open at the K Club, but apart from that, his, his record in that event's been really sketchy. But I think it would be foolish to put it down to uh, just home pressure. I, I think Rory's bigger and better than that. Or maybe in my mind, he just kind of doesn't really give a stuff about home pressure. It's just whether on the week he fancies it and plays well. And, you know, he's that kind of streaky of a golfer at times. That, you know, if it goes well, I think I think the first eighteen holes of Port Russell would be very important for him because I think if he goes well early, he could free wheel and he he'll just ride the crest of a wave of, of playing a Port Russell and the history behind it. But if he comes under pressure early and there's a weight of expectation of of the home crowds wanting him and willing willing him to do something, I think it, it could get on top of him. But the first eighteen holes will be very important, and I think if he you know if he shoots that. Anything under par, three, four, five under par, I think, you know, it'd be hard to stop over the week. Yeah, as you mentioned, form figures in the Open Championship. He won in 2014. He didn't play in 2015, but then tied fifth, tied fourth, tied second, and tied, uh, and then obviously hasn't played uh, yet this year. But I mean, just three top fives in a row um, and an NR is, is a pretty good going for someone who you just said his uh, links record was okay. I think it's a little bit better than that, especially in the big one. Um, let's get on to Brooks Kepka quickly. Uh, who we've seen his attitudes at the Open Championship um, not quite mirror his attitude in other major championships. Last year um, at Carnoustie, he was very keen to get the big stick out and take everything on um, and not really play for position off the tee, but he didn't end up too badly there. Um, is this going to suit his style of play? Is he set to win, to win an Open Championship on what we've seen so far? I think he might be. Yeah. I mean, I think he probably will be able to use his driver a little bit more often this year um, than maybe some of the other courses on the, the open rotation. I think, uh, I mean, Ricky Elliott is obviously from that area. Um, I don't know in terms of course how much of an impact that will have. Like, I'm sure the players and a lot of the caddies will be, you know, very, very well prepared. I'm not sure he'll have much of an advantage in that sense, but it might be. I think we all know. Uh, really with Kepka it's how interested he is in winning it tends to be or it seems to be that way so uh, that may be a factor in terms of he might want to go and win you know for that reason that it's that it's Ricky Elliott's home place so or the 1.4 million other reasons he might want to win it as well hmm. so well, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's not a problem <laughs> no, at this stage but um, yeah I just think from that element I mean obviously the quality of the player I think that's something because of you mentioned it earlier the, the unknowns on the course something I'm going to be focusing on more is just the quality of the player um, there's some players that will be a little bit exempt from that but um, I think I'm going to aim for the best possible players I can get with the best links form um, and go from there and obviously Kepka, you know he's an excellent player uh, recently in majors and kind of over the last three years he's been relatively unstoppable in majors so um, it's hard to rule him out like you couldn't rule him out but I think of the top two, I'd be taking Rory. Yeah, Any more to add? I think, uh, as I said, just he might be a bit more suited to this place than other open venues, as you say. I think I think you will need to use a driver an awful lot at this course. Uh, there's a lot of carries, uh, like dog leg holes, where you can cut off a lot a lot of the hole if you if if you're a big hitter. 
and I think that'll probably be important over the week. I think there'll, there'll be their fair share of, you know, your tee to green types, t- you know, those those type of players who are normally up there in open championship. But I think this time around there'll be a, a bit more scope for for those who who bomb the ball out there just to, to score better. And I think this is probably to date uh, Capita's maybe best chance of winning the open. A few more who'll be up for looking for their first open championship in, in Dustin Johnson. And John Rahm. John Rahm, of course, putting to bed any issues people had with his links form without winning at Le Hinch, his second Irish Open, um, with an unbelievable round on the Sunday. And, and Dustin Johnson, who has shown some form over here as well. Um, and they are joined by, they're both four, uh, Dustin's 14 to 1, John Rahm's 16 to 1, and they're joined by Tiger Woods at 16 to 1, looking for his fourth Open Championship, the first since 2006. Obviously, came very, very close last year in the back nine at Carnoustie, looked like he was set to do it again. Um, so let's talk about those three. Firstly, um, because I'm sure he's going to be very popular with punters at the moment, a, a word on John Rahm after, after what we saw um, last weekend. Niall, has that changed your opinion on him and his open credentials after watching what he did on Sunday? Yeah, well, I would quite like to be on a, you know, the 20 to 25 to 1 that was yeah. there before that. I think that would be a really nice bet now. Uh, I just think he's like almost suited just by the, you know, the, the bounce in, in a Lynx turf like, you know, and, and the give in it. He just looks so comfortable standing over... An iron shot, an approach shot in the green. Uh, it's just the ball strike, and just uh, at length, just looks tremendous. He, he looks made for it, you know. So uh, obviously, his temperament has been called into question a number of times. But do you really see that surface saw that, that often nowadays? You know, it's, it's it's a bit maybe overplayed. I don't know. He's also, I mean, he's he's a winner as well. Like it's not like he's someone who yeah. throws. I mean, we've seen looking back at the players, we've seen him lose his bottle a bit but maybe it's just the way that he reacts when he is falling away from, from, from tournaments that makes people question his, his, his nerve rather than actually the, the golf itself yeah I think he's, I think he's learning you know uh, and obviously Aris Lynx looks to suit him anyway with a couple of wins now and he won poor strip which is just down the road so yeah he's got everything going for him and 14 to 1 could, and 16 to 1 out there could still be a, a fair price at the end of the day yeah I mean the, the mentality thing I probably still would question it in certain situations like a US Open where it's thick rough and you need to be really patient um, I I mightn't be too inclined to back I'm definitely not at that price but I think having done it twice now in Irish Opens in broadly similar circumstances granted the field isn't the same but the the courses are roughly similar um, and, and having the mentality that he can get over the line the performance at Port Stewart I think he won by what was it six shots or something like that so that's probably you know, if you bring it back to kind of major field level, that's probably enough to win a major if you put the same kind of performance in. Um, I mean, again, this year looking at the performance rankings, he's uh, he is sixth this year overall, um, and he's fourth long term performance. So he's you know he's right up there. For me, if you ask somebody, you know, is John Ram going to win a major in the next four years? It seems like a virtual certainty at this stage. So. So you know, 16s is a, is a very fair price and I think if you played this exact major in yeah. this situation for the next four years then yeah. you know it, it is pretty much a certainty that he'll win one so uh, yeah I think 16s is a very fair price um, there was a couple of other factors that I liked I mean I think the last three winners have come in uh, having won in their previous two starts as well mm-hmm. so you know that's just a, another little element that I, I like for him so he would be of that second little group he'd be the, the one for me there yeah and uh, DJ and Tiger probably would have been 
a bit of surprise if I'd told you immediately after the Masters that these two would be available at 14s and 16s. Um, but I mean, I personally wouldn't be rushing to bat them at those prices. Well, I'd, I'd be kicking myself if Dustin Johnson goes another bat for the first two majors and I could back them in. So, uh, That's not but, a reason enough, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, but he's not stroked off my list, certainly not. Uh, just I think because of the way he's played this year, like almost on the bridle, I just don't think he's been anywhere near his best, but he's been so close to win, winning two major championships. Suffers a bit with a putter nowadays, a little bit like when it comes to the crunch of an event. But uh, there's been a, there's been a few negatives there this season. But uh, as I say again, I just think you know the longer hitters may have an advantage again this week. So or next week. So he's not ruled out for me, especially the way he's played this this year. And then on to a couple of guys who've won the event. Uh, last year's winner Francesca Molinari is twenty-two to one. Jordan Spieth. Uh, 28 to 1. Um, again, we always say the same things when we talk about Jordan Spieth here, where um, you know it could look a massive price just a couple of hours into the event, but you could also be kicking yourself for backing him, given the, the recent form. Um, I missed the Travellers was the last time we saw him. And uh, Justin Rose here with a, a best finish last year of, of second, um, and of course going very, very close in the, uh, in the USPGA as well. So three guys there, and, and then we'll open it up to, to, to your fancies, having gone through the top of the market. But, but any of those um, on the shortlist at this, at this stage? Not really. I mean, Speed and Rose would be kind of off the shortlist for me based on their, their form this year. Um, I know Rose obviously has a win, but he hasn't been operating at the same level that he had been kind of at the end of last year um, and, and most of 2018. And uh, given how important his putting was to that run at the last major, would, would that make the price at the moment, that 18 to 1, a bit of a false price because the golf he was playing didn't really tally with it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this year, I think, uh, let me just check his ranking, but his, yeah, he's about. He's playing like someone who's about 14th in the world this year, um, which wouldn't really tally up with that price for me. Um, See, so yeah, the form there would, would turn me off. And Jordan Speed, like you say, it's, <laughs> like you, you can't say, you know, I don't, don't fancy him to win it because he's the type of player that could show up and win it. But again, looking at the price, it just wouldn't be for me at that, you know, at that number. He's, uh, he's got a fantastic links for him. I mean, looking at the last 10 years... He's the player who, you know, he's, he's raised his game by well over half a stroke per round um, on links. You know, he's up at, at three strokes gained, uh, adjusted strokes gained per round um, on the field over six events in links. So, you know, he's, he's top of the world in that ranking. But right now, he's probably not the Jordan Speed that's been playing those events. So, again, for me, just on form, wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a pick. And Frankie? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's been very hit and miss this year. I mean, I yeah. think I think last year suited him. Although the approach play is, the approach play historically has been good. Uh, I think he's been missing off the tee this year, hasn't he? I think, I think yeah, that's been off the tee this year. Been horrendous. Yeah, I think that's an element of it. I just yeah, I don't yeah. So he's he's eighty ninth this year in approach play. Um, yeah, I mean that wouldn't that wouldn't bode well for me. I think it's going to be somebody who's going to be you know really pinpoint like someone in the top ten. I'd imagine in approach play worldwide this year so uh, I, I think there's other guys you know in, in, in that range that I'd, I'd prefer ahead of him uh, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be for me So we'll get on to them just anything from you Niall on the man that you tipped up last year and you said at the time is the best golfer in the world Francesco Molinari or, or Justin Rose or, or Jordan Spieth Yeah I firmly believe Molinari was the best player in the, in the world at that time last year playing unbelievable stuff but yeah just, just not convincing this year at all and, and really what his game is built upon 
you know, they're, they're, they're the things, you know, that Molinari does well, so it's not a good sign uh, that it's not a good sign that those are the stats that he's fallen down on this year. And the 20 to 1 there is absolutely ridiculous looking at that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think he could well be worth taking on in a bunch of match bets. Uh, Justin Rose, I think the price isn't great there either. Uh, obviously, you highlighted that Putton was the, was the main thing that got him into contention there in the US Open. And basically, it looked to me as if the, the switch in manufacturers with his arms, like, sacrificed the major yeah, yeah. there, like, you yeah. know, because that, that's what his game is built upon, you know, the, his approach play. So, uh, and, and for one who doesn't usually putt that well either, like, that, that, yeah. that would be your, your slight worry if you'd punted him. So, uh, no, uh, he, he wouldn't be on my list either. And then Spieth, at 20 at the one, I could understand that he could tempt many, and uh, I think that price isn't too bad, to be fair, but... Uh, you know, with the, with the mown off areas around the green and the shaved areas, and you know, obviously, there's, I think there's going to be plenty of greens missed. I think his imagination will be quite quite a positive uh, report rush. So uh, I don't see him out of, out of the question, but uh, he probably won't be on my bet slip. You could be better off probably backing him when only in the exchange. I thought where it'd be a bigger price because mm-hmm. it could be a bit of a boom or bust for Jordan Spieth. Um, I'm going to open it up now to you guys. I'll, I'll rattle off some names um, and that kind of clutch of players and you can let me know who, who takes your fancy um, we've got uh, Tommy Fleetwood 28 to 1 Ricky Fowler 28 to 1 Xander Shoffley 28 to 1 a different, slightly different price to what we backed about last year yeah. um, at Carnoustie Patrick Cantlay 33 to 1 Adam Scott former open champion 40 to 1 uh, the same price as Hideki Matsuyama Jason Day and Justin Thomas as well um, so coming to you first Dylan any of those uh, making up some of your early fancies at this stage yeah there's a standout guy there for me uh Adam Scott is probably going to be my my top pick for the week. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm looking heavily at the quality of the player, um, and so far this year, uh, worldwide in all events, Adam Scott has been the fourth best player in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, so that alone would be promising for me. And then looking at Link's form over the last ten years, he's been second to Jordan Spieth. Yeah. Uh, those are two huge factors for me. I think you know, in the absence of anything detailed that we can take about the course or, or specifically kind of analytically anyway I think those two factors are enough for me I, I would think he should definitely be in that range there with Rose Molinari speed I think he should be kind of 20s something like that 20, 22s uh, getting him up there at a I think he's what 40s top price 40, yeah. it just seems it seems like a massive price for me I'm, I'm just waiting for a uh, some way to get on <laughs> 10 places I think and one is, uh, I mean Scotty will be delighted I've just given him that 2012 Open Championship which of course he, he crumbled and gifted to any else there my uh, memory playing tricks on me but uh, any thoughts on Scotty? Yeah well this is probably good news for all the Sugar Punters because <coughs> I totally agree like he, he's, he's probably my top man as well uh, obviously one of the big things in the Open down the years has been you know experience as well you know, you look at the, the last number of winners, obviously, at Molinari, uh, Stenson, Zach Johnson, Mickelson, Ernie, Clark, Stuart Sink. You know, all these guys have a wealth of experience and have played well on links before. No one fits the bill more than Adam Scott. Like, I think he's what, just entered his 40s probably now, has he? Mm. Yeah. Say so. Uh, looks like he's about 25. But there's always, yeah, yeah. There's always clues 38 as well. still, 38. 38, yeah. Like, uh, Woodland winning the, winning the US Open. I think there's always clue. I always look to the previous major results 
uh, like maybe the last the last two years worth. Unfortunately, Woodland slipped through the net like, but he was eighth in the PGA before going on to win the US Open. And, you know, those guys who win the majors nowadays usually figure in, in, in the previous couple or mm. at least once. So there's a bunch of players that I've got listed like that, but Adam Scott's one that fits the bill the most. He was 18th in the Masters, 7th in the US Open, and 8th in the PGA. So everything's heading towards, and he loves links, and, you know, that was one of the, you know, he's been unlucky not to win one so far, and he ticks all my boxes, and I think the 40 to 1 will be solid, as you say, just hope for another couple of 40 to 1s at, at decent place terms. Yeah, normally maybe we should delay uh, releasing this until the place terms have improved a bit. <laughs> but yeah, currently 40 to 1. Um, a couple of interesting propositions as well. Uh, Patrick Cantlay at 33 to 1, um, who have, of course, been very, very solid this season, but not much links for him to talk about. But, you know, that's why you're getting a, a bigger price and could look big over the weekend. And Justin Thomas, I mean, I know um, there have to be question marks about fitness, form, and links form. But, but at 40 to 1, when we talk about Jordan Spieth looking at a big price for the quality of player, seeing JT there at 40 to 1 is certainly going to raise a few eyebrows. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a big JT fan anywhere and everywhere if I can get him I think I mentioned last time that I had a concern over his his wrist or his yeah. wrist or his elbow yeah mm-hmm. like whatever injury it was he had uh, I mean look he's a top quality player again referenced in this year's form he's he's 10th in the world this year um, but I just I'm not sure about about his, his fitness now having said that 40 to 1 is probably I think I said he was 28th or something yeah. for the US Open and I kind of said you know, I don't really fancy that price with the unknown over his fitness. I think 40s is probably a big enough price to, you know, to have factored in that risk. Um, I mean, I suppose to reverse a little bit, if, if we look at Tiger, there's a big risk with Tiger these days that he shows up, he's not 100% fit, he's not comfortable. We've kind of seen that in, mm. I think, the PGA in particular. He obviously wasn't comfortable. The, the conditions and his back were, were not perfect for him, so... That has to be factored into the price. I don't think it is with Tiger. I think the 40s on JT, that is factored in. So I think it's a fair price. Um, might have a little bit on him, but uh, you know, I wouldn't put the house on him to win it because obviously it's a, it's a bit of an unknown, but 40s is a, it's a very nice price there on him. Now, Noel, you said a second ago that you like looking at recent major form. You want someone who's got a bit of experience behind them, who's got a bit of links form. Um, looking now at Henrik Stenson at 45 to 1 who of course has, has won um, the Open Championship before uh, having been touched off by Phil Mickelson he then returned the favour himself um, and then we saw him playing some very very good golf indeed uh, at the US Open where he ended up finishing tied ninth. Um, a bit of a return to form there and then also the same price Louis Eustazen who came in t- who also got a top 10 in the US Open who's won the Open Championship before as well are these the kind of profile of players that you're looking at here? Profile maybe Yes, but maybe not the, the personnel you mentioned. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Patrick Cantley there a minute ago. He, he was third at the PGA, ninth at the Masters, just got that recent major form and finished 12th in the, in, the, in the Open last year. That was his first Open appearance. It's not too bad at all. And uh, I would hazard a guess that in your rankings, he's towards the top. Third. Third <laughs> for, uh, for, the, for this year. Like, so... Uh, yeah, Cantley ticks a lot of boxes for me. I think his price is okay as well. I don't know whether I'll get involved at this stage or not. I've still to make up my mind, but uh, he's one of those ones around 33-1 to 1 that I quite like to do off. You talk about Stenson and Oosted. Stenson, maybe, yes. Uh, obviously, ninth at the US Open was a pretty impressive performance, but he doesn't contend a lot at the business end of any tournament these days, mm. an awful lot. So I'd worry about that just because he's he, he slightly, you know... 
just a, a recent experience of, of contending any championship on a Sunday and the likes of Oosthuizen and I think there's a bunch of players in there Oosthuizen with Matsuyama uh, Garcia there's, there's a bunch of those golfers between 50 and 100 to 1 and I look watching that golf on Sunday Marikawa and Wolf and I'd say those guys are already better than them yeah. I think uh, Oosthuizen and Matsuyama are going off the likes of 40 to 1 and 50 to 1 in, the, in these championships is absolute robbery I, I, th- I don't think I'd, if someone had a gun to my head now I would say Matsuyama will never win a major uh, will, will never win another one yeah uh, there's a whole bunch of guys there that I just really don't like anymore and I think it's priced up on name and reputation rather than somewhat it? somewhat yes but just the way that some of those guys have performed on the PGA Tour this year the new guys especially in those two in particular last week I'm just thinking they, these these type of guys that we're talking about could easily be overpassed very, very quickly. Uh, and for me, in a major championship, backing them up the, around those prizes, I just think it's all advised nowadays. Well, let's talk about a couple of the. Another one that yeah. <laughs> let's talk about a couple of the, the new guard, but the uh, but the ones from the UK, um, because we've got Matt Wallace there at, at fifty to one. Uh, pretty much general price. You've got. I mean, he's been around the, around for a while, but he's still a young guy. And Matt Fitzpatrick at at eighty to one, and Eddie Pepperell uh, at eighty to one as well. Had a, had a really good weekend uh, in the Irish Open. Went went yeah, close here. Not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> uh, Niall, you tipped him up as your as your headline pick. Uh, also had a, had a you know ended up having a very decent open at Carnoustie where he went really low on Sunday and, and for a split second looked like he could sneak in the back door. Um, do these guys look a bit overpriced? You given, I mean, I'm looking at Pepper mainly given his given his links form. Uh, well, funny enough, I mean, we we do a lot of work with those three guys, um, particularly Matt Fitz and Matt. So Wallace. you got to be careful what you say. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's funny sometimes because I feel like I can be a little bit skewed. Yeah. I can obviously be biased a little bit towards them, but like personally, I've seen firsthand what Wallace and Fitzpatrick are doing, you know, work wise and behind the scenes. I think something good is going to happen for one of them or both of them uh, pretty soon. Uh, you know, it really wouldn't surprise me if, like, Dave McNeely, uh, Matt Wallace's caddy is from Belfast as well, so there'll be the local connection there. Um, wouldn't surprise me if one of them won a major. Wouldn't It really wouldn't shock me at all. They're both playing excellently. Uh, they'll be well prepared. You know, they'll have themselves set up well for it. It's up to you, isn't it? Exactly. That's but yeah, look, I mean they're both they're both fantastic players. They're doing serious work behind the scenes. Um yeah, I I I'm finding it hard not to be too biased. I'd love it if they did win, but uh, and, and as I said, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If Eddie's listening to this, he's thinking, Why is he taking me out of this conversation? It's, you know, no, 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 he'd be he'd be right there. I mean he's he's in fantastic form. Yeah. Like I mean he's well obviously he's he's only come back, but I mean his his record in kind of similar situations is brilliant and obviously having won the British Masters that was kind of I suppose you call it Heathland kind of course yeah. but it's, it's a step towards links. Um, he had a pretty good week last week again uh, yeah again wouldn't surprise me at all and, and he's one guy who I feel like if he was under pressure coming down the stretch I don't think it would stress him out too much yeah I was just about to say that as yeah. well he just appears to be someone just got a save you know I would say that he would Disagree with and say you know there's all sorts going on oh, here, but yeah. down the back now it looks like he just doesn't really care, and that's that's what you want. Yeah, I mean he's like, was it last year he had the 
63 or something yeah, in the final round. Yeah, on Sunday. And yeah, after having sixth. drank a bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's just brilliant. He's a, he's a great character. Uh, again, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but he, he just seems to be someone who, of all the golfers in the world right now, when he gets hot and when he gets on a run, he's, he's pretty much unstoppable. He can go through a field so quickly. Yeah, he's a remarkable approach player. Yeah. That, that, that would be a big plus for me there. His, his approach play, I think, was it last year, was maybe third, or he was top five in the world. He's an excellent, excellent approach player. So if his... If his driver and his potter kind of come into line, his irons will definitely do the business for him. So, um, yeah, definitely all positives for him. I, I quite like the, the three guys you mentioned as well. Yeah. This guy's, a, I think, Fitzpatrick is maybe a bit short in the market, if anything. You know, a bit short of the tee as well? <laughs> is that why? I mean, you said uh, he maybe, to yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know what way that'll play out, to be fair. You know, they'll get, I'm sure they'll get a fair enough amount of run out of the fairways when it, when it comes to playing days. But... Uh, it, it almost strikes me as if Matt Boss would have a, you know, I've always kind of seen him winning a major in the States, to be honest. I mm-hmm. think that's, you know, not, you know, out of his reach. And obviously he won the US Amateur as well. So I think he would almost be better suited by a US Open. But uh, big expectations of Matt Wallace. And obviously he's got big expectations of himself, I think, by what, what you can see and, you know, how he reacts and what he says. Uh, and I think a major... F- a major one from him might only be around the corner and it, it could come at Port Rush. Uh, he strikes me as one, you know, when Matt Wolf won at the weekend, you know, he came off the green saying, you know, I knew this was going to happen. You know, Matt Wallace is kind of in a, in a similar mode where, you know, he's got so high expectations of himself that it, it'll only go with, uh, you know, if, if you marry that with, you know, really, really hard work, then, you know, big things can happen. And, uh, a lot of people question his temperament and how he acts in the course and all as well, but you know, for me, he's one of those ones. You know, it's just because of his expectations that he's getting annoyed. He's not like really, really petulant, like you know, Tyrrell Hatton. I was about to say, I think I know who you're talking <laughs> about. But you know, I yeah. think Wallace just has so high expectations that he just gets naturally annoyed, as opposed to Tyrrell Hatton getting you know, you know, really pent up, you know, and deliberately. But uh, and as I say, there he's got the previous major form this year. He's twelfth in the US Open and third in the PGA. So you know, if ever, and I'm also looking to, to a bunch of golfers. You know, it was interesting actually hear Paul McGinley say that he was in contact with the RNA about the setup of La Hinch mm. to try and make it you know a, a similar a test, so to speak, uh, uh, to what Port Rush is going to be. And uh, I think the same type of golfers would have every chance when they go to Port Rush. Uh, obviously, Pepper was one of them pl- playing very well, but uh, those these kind of guys who would normally not feature in, in, on your radar for a major championship, I think have every. Ch- uh, it, it'll probably be as close to an Irish Open as you could get, mm. you know. So, uh, I think a bun- especially a bunch of uh, European golfers in the mold of Pepper, uh, you know, Wallace Fitzpatrick, you know, there's plenty of those guys, and even get guys. That, Two hundred one above could go really well from the European tour, you know. So that's those ones covered. Um, we're coming towards the end of this now, so I'm just going to let you guys. If there's anyone we haven't spoken about who you want to flag up, I'm sure there've got to be a couple. Um, then I'm coming to you first. Yeah, I mean, there's one guy who I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and I was I thought I must have missed him, and then I found him. Uh, Russell Knox. He's down there at like 150 to one, which just seems absurd to me. Uh, his performances this year have been... He's, he's picked it up. I think he's 70th in the world in, in world rankings, but his performance this year has been 35th or something like that. You know, he's, he's performing at that level comfortably. Um, he's not the best putter in the world. He's, he's just below average, but 
if he gets his putter going at all, he, you know, he, he'll be there or thereabouts. I mean, he's obviously got the win last year and, and putted. He, he won that with his putter. I think he gained like nine strokes or something that week with his putter in, uh, in Ballyliffin um, and then hold those two massive putts on the, the 18th. So, he's uh, got the WGC on the bag as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's far too good of a player to be down at that price. Yeah, yeah I so, totally agree. So yeah. I suspect that won't last. Um, by, that'll be long gone by next Monday morning. But um, yeah, he'd be he'd be the main pick for me down a little bit further. Um, yeah, there was nobody else really stood out down at that end. Um, That's good because for the last one we spoke about <clears throat> sixty players only tipped up for the um, for the US Open. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't think we mentioned Woodland. Did we? No, no, we didn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, I, I actually didn't want to mention him. Now I think, yeah. uh, you know, as I said, the clue was in the for the US Open was in the PGA finishing eighth there, but you know. The guys who won the, the last major are normally somewhat discounted in the next one, unless you're, you're a British Capco or whatever, uh, simply because of the pressure and the, the media attention and you know everything you have to deal with after being a, a major champion, especially a first-time major champion. But I think the attention will go elsewhere this week, obviously, or next week with McElroy, uh, obviously the, the Open coming back to Port Rush after you know 60-plus years. Uh you know, you've got the story of a tiger as well. There's plenty of stories there. Green McDowell coming back. There's loads of stories to take the attention. I think Woodland will probably fly under the radar. And uh, I think I looked on the machine the other day. He was sitting at about 90. It looks far yeah, too he's big. big. He's, he's he was really, really impressive in, the, in that US Open, especially off the tee. Uh, you know, long and straight. Like it goes so, it goes so long in contending in these major championships these days. And, just you know, where people would kind of normally just write him off, he's just won his major. Like he could slip under the radar and play quite well. I think he's got great control over his trajectory as well. Like you know, if yeah. the wind does get up, I've heard. I mean, who knows? But he sets them shots up to get about five feet off the ground as well. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the wind is going to get up, but that's a long-term forecast or whatever. So we're not really sure. But if it does, then you know, obviously, wouldn't be surprised if it does. Then being able to hit that bullet, that stinger, you know, mm-hmm. the way Tiger used to, presumably <laughs> still does. Um, you know that would be a big advantage to get it running out on those fairways. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah. Yes, there's a bit of money queuing at 120 to one on the exchange. Um, so you may want to wait a bit to see that 55 to one on the fixed drift out if you want to have an each way bet there, um, because surely it will with that exchange price. Um, anyone else? Do you want to flag up now? Yeah, there's a couple of two, two other Americans quite like uh, Matt Kutcher for one. Uh, obviously, has the experience. Uh, that we want as the major form this year, eighth in the PGA, twelfth in the Masters. Uh, would have had a, a, a an open championship in the bag only for the heroics of Jordan Spieth. Playing out of his skin this year, you know, you look down his results. There's 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 barely a bad one amongst them. So uh, obviously created a lot of controversy in the last twelve months too. But he seems uh, to thrive in it, really, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's water off a duck's back yeah. anyway. It, it appears yeah. to be so. Uh, I think Port Rush might you might just see something, you know, not saying that it would be so special with Kutcher one, but you know, obviously he's been about a long time now, and you know, maybe getting a bit long in the tooth to win a major championship, but this may be one of his best best chances. Playing out of skin all year, so it takes a lot of my boxes. It's sitting at a decent price, but another one of three figures that are, that I really like is uh, Shaz Reeve, uh, third in the US Open obviously in 14th in the PGA before that, playing the golf of his life. Uh, has that tee to green game and not the length off the tee that you'd be looking for traditionally at, at, at an Open Championship. 
I think he ranks something like 23rd or 24th in the world now, which I think people would be really surprised to hear. So we're getting 150 to 1 about someone. 200 to 1 now, that's 200 price. to 1. Yeah. You know, sitting you know, inside the top 25 in the world, playing the golf of his career. I think he's, he's an each way bet than nothing there. Yeah, so Ches Reavy, 200 to 1. Any other ones you're going to say you fancy before I ask you who you, who you want to get against? I think if, uh, just a random one, I haven't seen it yet, but if you can get winning nationality, Australian, I quite like that. Uh, you know, you're getting Scott, Day, Leishman, they'd be the three main ones for me. I, I quite fancy all those to to potentially go well. I mean, Leishman's got good form, good major form, um, not so much recently, but he had a, he's had a... Um, He's had good runs in majors. He's got good links for him as well. So wouldn't surprise me if he was up there. So I think, yeah, winning nationality Australian, if you've got a decent price, then that could be a, be a nice one. Nice. Let's hope there's a decent price for that. There should be. We can just touch the three of them at the prices, yeah. um, of course, as well. Although you might be getting a, be kicking yourself if a three-figure Australian winner comes in yeah. and wins it and you don't get your, <laughs> your payout. Um, just going back to the top of the market, before we wrap up, um, your Kepkas, your McElroy's, your DJ's, Ram, Woods, Rose, who would you, out of that lot, could you not see ending up? We'll, we'll take all the way down to Molinari. Who would you be getting against? You can't see them. Maybe even a bet to miss the cut. Tiger, maybe, for me. Uh, somebody because <clears throat> so much of us, uh, he's, got, he, he's got so dependent on, on his routine. And, uh, you know, there was a video going up the other, the other day there that he, he's getting up at one o'clock in the morning or something, even now, to prepare himself for the, the time change when he comes to Port Rush. Just seems silly to me. And obviously, you say in the, the PGA, it wasn't suited at all. Obviously, it was co- it was very cold there at the PGA, especially at the start of the week. It'll be cold in Port Rush as well, no doubt. Long term forecast doesn't look that great, like even though we haven't had uh, too bad a weather back home for the last while. But uh, I think Tiger might struggle just in the conditions. Yeah, Tiger would have been the one for me as well. It's just because, like I kind of mentioned earlier, in the price, you have to factor in that there's. Well, it's hard to put a number on it, but there's definitely a, a reasonable percentage chance that he shows up and he's not playing, you know, as the the tiger that we know. No, look, his performances this year have generally been good, but you just don't know what you're going to get with him. So he probably would be a lay at that price. Um, other than that, I think I'd probably go against Rose as well. Um, although I think I've who did I lay? I laid Kepka in the Masters, so that went well. Um, <laughs> And then, I can't remember who said last time, but he was contented as well. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean... So basically back to Tiger. Or Rose, yeah. <laughs> back to Rose, yeah. No, I, I think those will be the two for me, just based on... The and have an accurate Australians to miss the cut. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Dylan's doing himself a bit of a disservice there. Um, but yeah, thanks both of you for, uh, for, for joining me today for Odds Checkers Open Championship Preview. Um, follow Dylan and the 15th Club on Twitter and on social media. You can get some really good insight there into what the guys are doing and, and some of the findings about the course and the players in running and, and you know as basically a wealth of knowledge from those guys really really interesting and of course keep your eyes peeled for uh, for Niall's tips um, he's, the, his tips are already live for this weekend in Scotland his, his open tips will be live probably early next week and uh, make sure you check the odds checker site as well for all your best odds across the markets and your best place terms all the way up till next Thursday start and enjoy the golf 